NotFest.com presents Talk To Me. With over 300 interviews under his belt and six years running, your host Joshua Toomey interviews metal and rock's heaviest hitters. Follow the show at Talk To Me Talk. Here's your host, Joshua Toomey. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Talk To Me here on NotFest.com. As always, I am Joshua Toomey, joined by the one, the only, the winning Chris Aiken. Chris, how are we doing? We are winning. We're happy. <laughs> Your Cleveland Browns won last night on they, national TV. They look like Super Bowl champions for a minute. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> Too funny, man. Yeah, I called you last night, and I, I, I was doing some editing of my uh, of my uh, Daryl from Snapcase episode, and I right. was I I wasn't even keeping up with the game, and then I turned it on, and it was twenty five to nothing, and I assumed it was twenty five nothing <laughs> Cincinnati, and I was like, "Oh no, Chris is going to be bummed." And then I looked again, and I was like, "Oh no, Chris is going to be happy." I was very happy. I was yelling and screaming in absolute joy watching that game. It was fantastic. I think that might be the happiest I've ever heard you on the phone. <laughs> Dude, I was I was thrilled because I went into that game so. So negative. I just was like, they're going to get fucking murdered. Right. And I, and I was literally trying, like, you know how it went at your team on national, on the national game. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you watch all the pregames and stuff. I don't on purpose. I I typically don't. I don't. But when it's your team and it's national, then it's like, all right, I'm going to watch all this. So even with it being a, a national game, I didn't watch it. I was like, I don't want to hear these guys shitting on my team. And <laughs> I don't want to hear them dancing around Deshaun Watson, getting rubbing tugs. You know, I don't, I don't want to hear any of this stuff. I just want to see the football game. So right. I'm, I'm watching that 70 show or something right up <laughs> until kickoff time. And I went into it just like completely like, okay, I'm in a good mood from laughing at this show. Maybe this will carry through. And then they just started kicking ass i was like oh yes this is i mean and it wasn't immediate either you right, know, right. The game first quarter i believe was zero zero so it just kind of they were both moving the ball a little bit but nobody was like getting it done but then the browns started getting it done i was like fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> and for everyone out there yes mike this is a sports show now so yeah, it is <laughs> talking sports with Toomey. that's what it's being renamed yeah the um Titans, uh, Titans of Sunday night football this week against the Chiefs. So we know how that, how well that's going to go. They're going to win. I know. They, hey, I think we've yeah. won five out of six against them lately. So look, it's Malik Willis's time. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to talk about that just yet. He had a good, what, 40, 50 yards passing? Uh, that's all. Hey, a win's a win, right? <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> agree fully. <laughs> Uh, we do have a guest popping on in about 30 minutes. Uh, Worth Weaver of All the Pretty Things is going to pop on to talk about uh, his new band, All the Pretty Things. is going to be a nice little uh, nice little chat. But um, I, I had one of my interviews I've probably wanted since day one. Like, I've kind of done this the last few weeks, you know, with with Skid Row, with, uh, with Craig Owens. Like, a lot of, like, just mm-hmm. bucket list guests have kind of been coming through lately. And Snapcase is one of my favorite bands of all time growing up and everything else and they're putting out the 25th anniversary of progression through and learning which is my favorite album by them 
And uh, we so when the, when the interview came through, I was I was ecstatic. I listened back to it because um, I, as I recorded it, I was like, man, I because I got like 30, 35 minutes with him. And that's a you know, you can cover a lot in 30 and 35 minutes. Sure. So I kind of went away like, I don't know if I if I got everything I wanted out of that. And then when I was doing the edit, I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm actually pretty happy with this, man. I, I'm cool. pretty, pretty happy. That's awesome, dude. It's it's always good when you get it, here. I, I mean, we'll pull the curtain back for, for <laughs> everybody that does not do interviews. Yeah. I would say a good 70% of the time when you really want to interview somebody, yeah. it's a letdown. Right. It's, it's, you know, very rarely do you get the, the guy that you want to interview and it's like amazing, you know, and, and they have all these cool stories or whatever that, you know, they'll answer. Right. You know, dude, I, I'll tell you the biggest, the biggest fail I think I ever did. It wasn't a bad interview at all. It's actually on YouTube. I believe it's me and Vinnie Paul. First oh, nice. time I ever interviewed Vinnie Paul, which is back in the nineties at some point. And I was so obviously I was so fucking pumped up to interview <laughs> Vinnie Paul. And I get the call and Vinnie and you know, it's Vinnie on the phone and I'm plugging on my little plunger onto the phone because that was what we were <laughs> back at, in the day. having at the day. And this guy could not have been more sterile and more business mm-hmm. the first time I heard. Cause he was doing, you know, he's doing the phone junket every half hour all day long. And, um, you know, so everything I asked him, I was asking him like fan questions. He's like, well, you know, it's part of the model of Pantera. To, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> here we go. Right. You know, I asked him about releasing the the pre-Cowboys albums. He's like, you know, you know, there's a lot of business that goes into that. And right now we're not at the point that we want to address that issue. But we may, you know, the whole. Right, right. We're not, but we might. And don't, you know, don't want to say anything controversial. Like, no, we hate that shit and we're never putting it out. You know, it, it was just such a corporate interview. And I was like, oh, that just sucked. I, I just remember coming out of it. And I was like, that just sucked. And then every single person that heard it was like, that was so great, dude. Right. And I was like, no, it really wasn't. <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. That getting, getting him and, and doing the interview and, and listening back to it. It's like, I, I think, I, I think I'm pretty much done. I think pretty soon I can just uh, hang it up and be, be fine with it. <laughs> and we're out. See you guys. And peace out. That's it. We're done here. Nice. Well, uh, you want to dive into some news? Well, sure. There's so into- much to dive into. <laughs> <laughs> well, as uh, as it would happen, as soon as we posted last week's episode, uh, uh, Mick Mars officially retired from touring with Molly Crew. So I'm assuming that means he'll continue to maybe write if they do a new album. And, and I'm assuming the business side of Molly Crew he'll be involved in, but uh, I guess yeah. not doing the touring side. Yeah, I, I have to wonder if he's still going to write or if he's just going to, you know, he's in it as far as I'm going to cash some checks. Yeah. Well, I know he was doing the his own solo album. So, I mean, I guess he still still likes to write and record. So hopefully if they do plan on doing a new album, maybe he'll uh, maybe John five and Mick Mars will uh, will will trade yeah. off or something. It'll be that Glenn Tipton thing where allegedly he's on the record. <laughs> yeah right and it sounds nothing like he's ever recorded yeah ever. sounds an awful lot like andy sneep somehow how did that happen <laughs> <laughs> well uh molly crew has officially recruited john five as its new guitarist following mick mars decision to no longer tour with the band one of the worst kept secrets in the music industry yeah i'd say <laughs> Jeez. uh 
Let's see. The statement was uh, earlier today, Molly Crew releases the following statement. While change is never easy, we accept Mick's decision to retire from the band due to the challenges with his health. We have watched Mick manage his, ooh, anky losing spondylitis. His problem. (laughs) Just say his problem. (laughs) For decades, and he has always managed it with the utmost courage and grace. To say enough is enough is the ultimate act of courage. Mick sounded... (laughs) <laughs> is it really? <laughs> uh, it is the ultimate act, Chris. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm gonna retire and still get checks while you guys go work. Oh. <laughs> go make, go make me some money, monkeys. Yeah. yeah. How brave am I to sit home <laughs> while you monkeys make my fucking paycheck? Yeah, monkey crew. Stop it. Uh, Mix sounded. Uh, Mix sound helped define Molly Crew from the minute he plugged in his guitar at our very first rehearsal together. Ooh. The rest, as they say, is history. Yeah. We'll John continue. Five sound, uh, John <laughs> Five sound made it made it work for the stadium tour. That's what I've heard. <laughs> we'll continue to honor his musical legacy. Great. We will carry out Mick's wish and continue to tour the world as planned in 2023. You think that was Mick's wish? <laughs> I think Mick was like, you know what? I really hope you guys will keep touring. <laughs> <laughs> He gets one fifth of the check now, not one fourth. Oh no, John Five's getting probably two thousand a week or something. He's not getting a, <laughs> a quarter share. True, true. Uh, no doubt it will take an absolute outstanding musician to fill Mick's shoes. So we are grateful that our friend John Five has agreed to come on board, moving us forward. We'll see you all, crew heads, out on the road. It's a good move, you know. As much no. as I'm busting balls, yeah, yeah. it is a good move. I mean, it's, it's a great move. It's going to definitely give them at least five more years that they can do it. John five is as good as anybody. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, honestly, you know, no, not, I don't want to shit on him per se. Cause he's immensely, immensely talented oh, yeah. and, and, and it's a good move from those guys. You know, they can, they can, their normally shitty show will be infinitely better with a better <laughs> guitar player. So that's good. Well, I don't know if Mick's, Mixed part of the show is really that bad, but no, but it, it, it'll certainly be better. John Five's a mover, John True. Five moves around. You know, Mick Mars, Mick Mars looked like he needed the <laughs> Aussie brace to hold him in place. Yeah, uh, John Five, a man of many words, uh, statement is I'm honored to carry on Mick's legacy and am looking forward to playing these songs. Wow, take it <laughs> easy, John, slow it down, John. But yeah, I mean, John five, I mean, I've, I've ranted and raved about John five over the years. And even, even as a, as an outside the box candidate for a Pantera reunion, you know, like mm-hmm. throw him in that dime bag slot, that would be amazing. So I think that John five obviously will have no issue playing these songs. No. Um, and, and he's and, been, it did, didn't he, and my brain is not working real good today, but didn't he do David Lee Roth, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's played in that environment before already that eighties, you know, big arena sounding environment. Cause obviously the white, the Rob zombie stuff is different, but you know, he, he can certainly play with that kind of flair. Yeah. You know, so he'll be fine. I, I think, he's, you know, now if they could just get a singer, they'd be great. <laughs> if they could just, you know, John Karabi come back there. I think this would be an amazing tour. Dude, just get a, just get, just do the Arnell Panetta. Just yeah. find your, there's, there's 9,000 Motley crew tributes in every town everywhere grab one of them 
Get get the guy from uh, Too Fast for Love, prop him up there, and then play those songs. It would be it would be better than what they're going to give you. But even that that being said, Motley does a. I'll give Motley credit where credits due. They put their money into the show, so you don't notice how bad Vince is. Yeah, and and now with John Five, it's going to sound even better because the guitars are going to be pristine, you know, from start to finish. Yeah, you you brought up a, a cover band thing in there, and one thing I, I've been noticing a lot lately on cover band flyers is they don't even try anymore to you know make a a Pantera tribute band, but make it uh, slaughtered in the Pantera font. It just now yeah. it just says Pantera as performed by yeah. slaughtered. <laughs> like, it's like you know these shows now are just like they don't even try to hide the fact that they're a cover band, dude. And I don't know how some of them get away with it. There's literally a band out there. I, I see their tickets go on sale about twice a year here yeah. called Led Zeppelin two. Oh yeah. How do they get away with that? <laughs> I mean, it's not spelled different or nothing. Right. It's Led Zeppelin two. Right. It's like, Jesus, <laughs> tell me that's not misleading. <laughs> I think I'm going to start a Pantera tribute band with like two R's just yeah. Pantera. Well, dude, there's a Motley, there's a Motley tribute that plays here every once in a while called Motley two. Spelled T U E with the umlauts right. and all that other bullshit. Nice. It's, it's, it, when you see it on a flyer, if you're not really paying attention, like Motley Cruz playing at the grog shop, what? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that that I I I don't I for some reason I feel like this will make me want to see this Motley Crew tour more having John Five in the band, but I don't I don't know. It's just Dude. still it's still a little rough. It's still Vince Neil singing. Yeah. And I don't care if they replace, I don't care if they get uh, Billy Sheehan on bass <laughs> and they get um, the ghost of Neil Peart on drums. It's still Vince Neil singing, which means it's still going to be five out of 10 at absolute best. He sucks. He's terrible. <laughs> uh, did you see this story about James Hetfield dressing up as a uh, Stranger Things Eddie Munson for Halloween? I didn't see a story, but I saw the photo. I was like, yeah. oh, look at Hetfield. 60 so, years old going on 12. <laughs> well, I, I think this is like this, this there's so many uh, you know ways you can look at this. Mm-hmm. Like like he's obviously getting a divorce. So yeah. he's like he's like out to go do have some fun. I don't know where this where he, you know did I don't know if this is him taking the kids trick or treating around the neighborhood or he went to like some 20-year-old's Christmas uh, yeah, uh, exactly. Halloween party, you know, <laughs> trying to ch- check out some chicks or whatnot. But yeah, right. I, this screams like divorced dad. Mhm. Yeah, who was at the party? Tom Brady, <laughs> <laughs> him, Tom Brady, and uh, I, I saw somewhere there was there was actual betting site that had uh, speaking of sports, Mike, uh, the 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 betting odds for Tom Brady's next girlfriend, uh, the the, uh, the the you know the age, <laughs> the, no, the um the person, the the lowest odds person was Taylor Swift. Oh wow, <laughs> but uh. So that that would be fine. She'll write a whole record about the. Well, yeah, Buccaneers. and she just put one out now, so she's good for a relationship to write a whole record of just shitting on the next guy with. Perfect. Dude, I she she posted. This is totally off the. What well, thank welcome to Notfest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is totally off the record, off the off the off the wall. But I was looking today, yeah. and her her concert dates got posted. Her tour mm-hmm. dates. Yeah, she's she's doing two nights at SoFi, like two nights at just every like a Levi Stadium, two nights here, like the stadium tour. Like yeah. she's doing two nights, and like and she doesn't have like these massive opening bands. I mean, there are people you may or may not have heard of, 
but uh, it was it was just it's just bananas like how big she is i did i honestly didn't realize she was like oh, yeah. two nights at sofi stadium big she's huge dude she's yeah. she's definitely she is definitely probably the biggest mainstream pop star right now either her or i mean who would it be her beyonce maybe yeah all that stuff yeah we, you know i mean it's definitely it's definitely her i guess but it's still yeah. crazy i mean it's it, it's Anytime you've got the NFL, take it back to sports for Mike, uh, <laughs> you know, anytime you've got the NFL cutting a four or five minute promo for somebody's album being released, yeah, that's when you know you're in the big time and, and whatever, what's her album called? Midnights or something? Something like that. And the NFL did like a five minute promo of her saying, hey, I want to thank everybody that's watching for listening to my, and I was like, nobody watching is listening to your <laughs> album, right. you know, but. Dude, it's the weirdest thing now with music, and I know we're running way off the rails, but right. I I watched the other night this um, Amazon Music, which I don't know if you're even familiar with that, but they do mm. a um, after the football games on uh, Amazon Prime right on Thursday nights. They now do a music show called Amazon Music Live. And I watched it, and it was some guy that I'd never heard rap before called Lil Baby. You know, obviously hot rapper right now, which that all by itself, I looked him up on Spotify and one of his songs has a billion streams. I'm like, how have I never heard of this guy? Yeah, He's there's got a there's little <laughs> baby and dub baby. So and dub baby. Dub baby's <laughs> the one that gets arrested all the time, right? <laughs> yeah. And little baby's like the hottest rapper in the world right now, I guess. I guess he has the number one album in the country with okay. Taylor Swift. But I watched this show and not necessarily watching the show because the music was absolutely wretched bad, but the amount of money that Amazon was spending on the production made me absolutely thrilled. Cause even if it's not music we like, yeah, just that somebody, I mean, this was a, this was a $5 million set that he was playing on, you know, with dancers and big giant screen behind him, like fresh out of the WWE and, a big, like a mountain rock that he was climbing up <laughs> while he was singing and shit. It was, it was a massive, massive stage. And I just was like, man, for the first time in 20 plus years, somebody with money is putting money into music. Right. And I was like, man, that is a good thing because eventually, eventually people are going to get tired of these mumble rappers and they're going to go back to rock and roll on these same big stages again. And man, that's, it's good that we're finally going to have a place anyway, that people can do this. Yeah. I mean, I don't have anything set in stone, but I've got some friends, some friends mm -hmm. that, uh, that are, that are working with Amazon, uh, on some music projects. So okay. some, uh, and even it's heavier stuff too. So that's yeah, the good. Amazon's definitely dipping their toes in. Well, I mean, pretty much everything. Yeah. You know, not, not that it's crazy and not that it's breaking news, but it's just for the fact that you can like pick up your phone and order something and it's at your house the next day. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, and it's, and it's always, I never order anything like that. I can't just go to the store and get, it's always something stupid. Right. Uh, Dude. I, I live like three miles from an Amazon outpost or whatever. Big, big, big facility. Right. <laughs> I can order at like 10 o'clock in the morning and it's at my house by like two. <laughs> There's no reason to ever leave anymore because right. they just bring everything, you know, immediately. It's fantastic to the house. Yep. Uh, finishing up on uh, on on James Hetfield here because I think uh, yeah. Worth will be joining us momentarily. But uh, yeah. um, 
do you is, is it is, are they poking this too much i know they did they did like a whole stranger things line of clothing they did they did uh they, they just continue to post the stuff they had the guy come up and play with them on stage or act like he was playing on stage or whatever and you know jammed with them backstage i mean they're milking this stranger things well they uh, are it, it's it made them a bunch of, made them a bunch of money during the pandemic yeah you know when they couldn't make any money they made money so for that do I, th- you know what? I'm going to give you my straight up answers. Yes. And no. Are they poking it too much? Yes. Is it forgiven mm-hmm. because it's Halloween? I think also. Yes. It's the same with miles. Garrett was dressed as Vecna yesterday, <laughs> and, you know, coming into the game and, and was doing the Michael Jackson thriller dancing when he was sacking Joe Burrow last night. Again, Mike, football. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, I, um, I, you know, I, I think, I think you get a pass on Halloween. Right. Now, if he does it next week, like if they <laughs> if next week he shows up as a gig dress like that or something, you know, okay, then it's over the line. But yeah, whatever, dude. You know, at this point with Metallica, do whatever you want. You know, go for it. All right, one quick thing, and uh, then we'll we'll dive in most likely with with, with uh, Worth. Um, Lamb of God to be joined by Mastodon, Hebrewar, Shadows Fall, and God forbid, on the first ever Headbangers boat. Oh wow. Uh, Lamb of God's Headbangers Boat will feature live music from sunup to sundown across several stages and settings throughout the ship, including two unique shows from Lamb of God, featuring a complete performance of their 2004 landmark third album, Ashes of the Wake, in its entirety. And the five-time Grammy-nominated band will further honor heavy metal's past, present, and future by curating a special selection of special guests, including hard rock icons, Mastodon, Hatebreed, Guar, Shadows Fall, God Forbid, Fit for an Autopsy, and Lamb of God's Mark Borton solo band special guest hosts on the thing are Jose Mangan, Ricky Rackman, and Jamie Josta. The Josta Show will do a live podcast. Wow, that sounds pretty fun, actually. Yeah, I know. I was I saw, I saw this lineup. I was like, well, I I could, you know, a why is there not a live talk to me at this thing? But uh, yeah. <laughs> well, there probably could be for a mere eight grand in a cabin, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, we could do all the live podcasts that we want from this yeah, boat. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've done a cruise but not like a music cruise right? i haven't done the music cruise no i've just i've just done regular cruises yeah uh, your counterpart just did the kiss cruise have you heard anything from him i did he was himself less than enthused <laughs> of course you know he's like eh, that's not my thing but right you know but he, he said it was fun he said he met a lot you know he, he told me he met some cool people you know he, he met like I guess he was like hanging around drinking with Tom Zutat, which that's pretty cool from, uh, right. you know, obviously signed a little band named, I don't know, Motley Crue, Guns right. N' Roses, you know, <laughs> signed a couple of bands that you might have heard of before. Right. So he said that was pretty cool. He said it was a cool hang. Nice. Well, speaking of a cool hang, uh, Worth just jumped into the uh, green room, so we'll bring him in. All right. What's going on, guys? You got me in What's there? up? I do have you. What's up, Worth? Not much, guys. Pleasure, Worth, uh, pleasure being here. Awesome, man. Yeah, Worth Weaver, man. What a great name. <laughs> I'm actually the uh, the fourth in my family, so it's uh, it's kind of one of those family names that's been passed down for a bit. Is there a uh, like a like a story behind it, or is it just happened to just be passed down? I, it, it just happens to be passed down. So, and uh, you know, my my dad goes by RW, and my grandfather went by uh, Junior, and then my uh, great grandfather went by Royal, which was uh, nice. Which is my first name. So, man, 
That, where, that's are you, good... where, where are you from? Are you Texas? That sounds like Texas to me. Are you guys Texas guys? Or I'm actually down in North Carolina, right on the okay. coast outside of Wilmington. So okay, yeah, man. Very good, man. Go ahead, Josh. Well, let's uh, let's talk about uh, all the pretty things, man. Um, obviously, the one track we've got out now is pretty pretty amazing, man. So, kind of talk about how the band came together and and how you produced and kind of put all of this together on your end. All right. Well, um, this starts back in around 2017. I was uh, partnering up uh, with another studio in town, and we were moving into a new building. And um, one of my uh, or my partner at the time, he was friends with Tristan. And that's how I met Tristan was Tristan helped us with move in day. And Tristan and I, uh, you know, we immediately had a great friendship right out of the gate. And we uh, we shared a lot of the same interest in music, a lot of the same taste. Uh, and we we always kind of kicked around starting a project together, you know, over many beers. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's how it always works. Yeah, exactly. And so we uh, we kind of started throwing ideas back and forth around 2019. And then, uh, you know, COVID hit. Uh, in 2020. So that kind of, you know, that kind of put a, a little bit of a stop to us, but we, you know, picked back up momentum and really started to uh, bring the ideas together. And we brought in, uh, you know, our, our buddy, Jeremy to, to do drums. And from that, that, or that point in time, we had everything laid out as far as the music was concerned, but we didn't have a vocalist. So then we just started shopping around to our, you know, our friends locally, and uh, Logan sent, sent us this demo out of the blue, and um, that ultimately turned into uh, uh, not the first track that we're going to release, but our, our second track on our EP. And uh, from that point on, we just, just started to collectively come together and write, and it's just uh, kind of been a very organic and uh, easy process so far. We really play well off of each other when it comes to our ideas. Our, our tastes are all very similar. Uh, but yeah, man, getting together, you know, I, I have a studio here, uh, so I pretty much, uh, recorded everything and, and we got Bo Verchel to mix it. So it's, uh, it's been a really, really fun and, and entertaining process throughout. Sure, man. Well, dude, you, for people that don't know, you are also, you know, you are more, more of a, a production guy as well as a, as well as a musician yourself, but you're certainly you're like the good guy to have in a band because you're the guy that can definitely make the demos sound super sweet or, or just record it yourself and not have to pay somebody to deal with that. Yeah. That being said, when you were putting the band together, where, where does the importance lie in their ability to a play live versus, versus being able to be recorded? And did you, do you consider that or is the first consideration still always, how do you how do we get along when we're in the same room together? Yeah, that's that's a great point, man. Uh, the studio is a different monster from playing live for sure. Uh, I mean, you're under the microscope, obviously, in the studio. So you know any deficiency you have as a player or a performer is is gonna you know really rear its head. Uh, that being said, everyone involved in this project has been doing it for an extended amount of time. We've all sure. got touring experience with multiple bands. We've all recorded multiple records and you know throughout our careers and. Uh, it, it was a very natural process and uh, getting everyone in the studio uh, just, it, it felt good. You know, whenever we jammed the songs live and then bringing it into the studio, it all translated really well. Okay. Um, that being said, man, I mean, I've been producing for about 17 years, uh, playing guitar and touring for about 25. So uh, the experience element is on our side for sure. And I think we all kind of knew what we wanted going in. We, we wanted to make something that was, 
slightly different than anything that we've been involved in previously. Uh, and, and we, we kind of wanted to be more of a, an aggressive thinking man's rock, if that makes any sense. You know, we want to write good songs that have something to say, uh, you know, but we're not trying to, to overproduce the hell out of it. We're not trying to really uh, come at it from this angle of, of being a studio band. We want to be able to pull it off live as well. Coming from a bunch of different bands where you're kind of hired guns and, and doing other people's music, for, for lack of a better term, yeah. you know, when you when you sit down to do your own band, is it just a, like, a, like a crazy outlet for you to get finally get to do what you want to do kind of thing when you're you're kind of stuck doing playing like the album that you didn't record, stuff like that? Yeah, man, that's that's actually a very good point. This is a very it, it that strikes a chord with me personally because I've always been the hired gun guy for the most part. I mean, I've been in bands. Uh, I was in a, a group with some guys from Charleston uh, named Versus Angels, and that was a, a passion project of mine. You know, in addition to the guys there, and uh, that was something that you know I poured myself into, but never to this extent. With this one, I, I really threw out all of those uh, preconceived. Uh, potential judgments, you know, worrying about, oh, is is this song going to appeal to this audience or that audience, or you know, is are the is my guitar playing going to be judged? Is my production going to be judged? Like all of those fears kind of went to the wayside, and I think that coincided with uh, my brother's death. Uh, he was supposed to play bass in this band, and he passed away uh, in 2020. So I think after that happened, I kind of just recollected myself. And I'm, I'm approaching this project from this perspective. It's almost a, a brand new perspective for, for me creatively uh, and, and personally. And I think uh, I'm pouring myself into it. And, and I can say the same for everyone else. We're all playing what we want to play and we all respect each other's opinions and, and you know, angles on, on where we're going with the music. Logan's got something to say. Uh, he's very passionate. He's a very gifted lyricist as well. And and the dude can sing his ass off. So it's right. uh, it's just it's just a great vibe all around. And and now that we're all you know making music together, I think I think we're just getting more and more excited as we move forward. Right. Well, well, worth. I, I wanted to touch a little bit. Uh, you mentioned your brother passing away, and and that that's obviously beyond horrible. You know, there's no there's no nice way to put it. It's 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 a terrible terrible thing. I'm curious for you. How do you go into forming a band that he was obviously a big part of with you and have have passion toward it? And and I, I know this sounds like a shitty question, but, you know, I, I mean, it's got to be in my head. I can't imagine doing that. I'd imagine every time I listened to it, heard it, heard a note, saw the name, anything, it would put me in a bad place, not a positive place. Right. How do you... How do you balance that and move forward in a positive direction after having such a tragic thing as a big part of the development of this band? Yeah, that's a great question as well. Um, I've chosen to celebrate his legacy and he would want me as well as all the other guys to move forward uh, just because, you know, it's something that I knew he was passionate about and that he loved and cared about. And, uh, move, you know, moving forward with the project would be something that I think he ultimately would approve of and would have wanted us to do. That being said, I, you know, I have uh, his bass guitar hanging in, in my hallway in my home. I've got a picture of him right here on my recording console. Uh, I, I celebrate my brother and it gives me a, 
strength and courage to move forward with music and it makes me once again more excited to to promote and get those negative feelings into the music and out into the world where it belongs to other people you know because once it leaves here it it belongs to, to the audience and i think that that's uh that's something that's always been really special for me when it comes to music it's always been a personal connection and i always have have strived to connect and, and feel something in my core whenever I'm listening to a record, a song. And ultimately, I think I want to move people with my brother's legacy through the music. Is it, is it tough for you to sit there with a track and knowing he played bass on it and as you're mixing it or, or, or just getting it together and you hear him playing, like, can you, do you know it's him playing and you hear him playing and you know, it, it obviously if you're there alone, things like that, I mean, it's gotta be tough on you, right? Yeah, it, it does weigh heavy sometimes, but you know, I, I once again have tried to approach it from the most positive perspective as possible. That being said, uh, I am self self professed uh, OCD. I mean, I, I tend <laughs> to have those those cyclical thought processes, uh, but focusing on the good and celebrating my brother is is what I've chosen chosen to do with this project. You know, and, right. and that goes for about every other area of my life. You know, my brother was a gifted musician who had toured with successful bands as well uh, before this band, and uh, he was also a doctor. So uh, he, he was he was very talented, uh, and he was also very intelligent and just just a great person. Never met a stranger, and I think that uh, that everyone hearing the music and hearing him uh, will smile as opposed to to think about negativity. Sure. Well, worth, uh, you know, you've, you know, move I'm going to move this to a nicer place. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you've obviously worked with in, in some respect and in some forms with, you know, obviously this new band with all the pretty things as well as thousand foot crutch. He is legend. You know, you've worked with quite a few notable bands, but they're, they're not the same sounding bands. They're, they're different sonically right for you as a, especially as a, as a, engineer as somebody that records music how do you approach each you know as far as as the music goes to keep them different or do you not do you just naturally you know does your does your skill your talent blend itself to the other guys instead of all of it sounding like you well you know it's, it's tough to take yourself out of, of the music because whenever I play, you know, a line on the guitar, if you were to play the same line, it's going to sound mm -hmm. like you versus it sounding like me. So, I mean, I'm always putting myself into everything that I touch or everything that I do. Um, that being said, I always try to serve the song and, you know, especially as a hired gun, I try to serve the band. I've always been, you know, I'm, I've always been the guy to, you know, be the first one to help load in, be, be the first one to be at the merch table to sell shirts. Uh, I always believe in supporting those that support me. And I think with that mentality, uh, that's ultimately what has, or hopefully, what has consistently gotten me employment you know, as a musician, as a recording studio engineer, as a producer. Uh, I, I try to serve the song, circling back to emotionally connect with the listener, audience, and the band. And once you see that effort, you know, being a good hang, being a good dude, uh, ultimately is, is the biggest component, I think, of, of being a, a hired gun or even just a member of a band. Uh, right. You know, because I don't care if you're the best guitar player in the world, if you're a shitty hang or if you have an ego that's, you know, outrageous, then I, I, I can't work with you. I can't record you because 
you know, if, if I say, hey, that was a good line, but, you, you know, can we change this? If I get pushback from an egotistical perspective, it, it traditionally is, is a big turnoff. And ultimately, the energy from the project performance suffers. And so I, I really strive to keep uh, energy, pacing, positivity, just moving forward, you know. And I think that that ultimately has transitioned into my career as, as I've, I've moved forward in my life. You've kind of touched on a little bit, man, but but vocally, Logan's voice is right up my alley. Like I, yeah. I love his voice, man. What a great voice, and what a great find for you guys to to kind of get with that. So so kind of talk about you know working with Logan and you know through the recording process and writing with him and things like that. Right. Well, like I told you guys before, I I traditionally write the music you know with the rest of the guys, so we present a blank slate for Logan. And Logan uh, has mentioned to me that he has notebooks. I mean, stacks of notebooks filled with, with you know, poetry and, and lyrics that he's just compiled over, you know, his years as an artist. And uh, Logan listens to, like we all do, just a wide variety of, of different music. You know, we're not all, you know, cemented in the pop world or the metal world. We're all, you know, we have such an eclectic uh, spanning uh, catalog from what, what we just consistently listening or listen to. And... I think that Logan's approach is exactly what the music needed uh, because I can let Logan just go and, you know, really don't have to give much direction as a producer or an engineer. Now, that being said, I want to make sure we get the best take possible that, you know, and, and we write harmonies together sometimes, uh, but typically Logan's approach is dead on. And that is so rare to find in a vocalist. You know, I've worked with hundreds of vocalists throughout you know, my career as, as a an artist and as a producer and it's a very rare find so we are really fortunate and, and i've known logan um for quite a bit of my life uh he and his family are, are fantastic and all very musically gifted uh, uh that being said logan and i had had jammed before and, and we had been in bands uh locally uh you know even in high school and we so we had known each other so i knew he was talented but i never knew the depths of what he had to offer until this project Right on. Now for let's let's fast forward a year from now. We talked to you again a year from now. All the pretty things is doing well. It's it's picking up speed, but it's not all the way there yet, you know, right. but it's there. And here comes he is legend with another tour and another record that they want to do and whatnot. Where's the balance for you of I can do this or I can't do that, or I don't want to do this because my 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 main band, all the pretty things, is is you know, jumping off. Is, is there a place where you, where you would have to make that tough decision? You know, that's, I think I've already made that decision. Uh, typically throughout my career, I have always had multiple fires, you know, multiple, okay. multiple bands going on. Like I have four set lists in my head going on right now. Like I, right. Currently I also play with a, uh, a local blues musician who is incredible at, at the guitar and he's an incredible singer as well. Well, his name is uh, Justin Cody Fox. Uh, and while it is, you know, it keeps my chops up doing that whenever all the pretty things hits that moment. And I, I think we'll all know when that time is, I intend to be laser focused on it. Um, and that is, I think about the only way that you can really take a project from the infant infantile stages to where you're being successful, at least on the scale that we want to be successful at. Right. Where is that moment? Is there a, is there a specific peak that you look for? Is there, 
X amount of radio play, or we just got added to this festival, or where where do you see that moment as? I think it it might have a bit to do with everything, you know, uh, radio play, festivals. Um, obviously, the financial component is huge. Um, so it really just has to do with how does everything feel? How does how is the vibe with everything? That being said, I never want to abandon a project or leave someone high and dry. That's never my intention. Um, but I think. For this project, I intend to to really be laser focused on it, and I I this is probably the the biggest. What would I say? This is definitely if I had to call it my baby. Like this is certainly the one that I would be most excited about moving forward, and what I would want to invest more of my time and energy in than anything else I've worked on. It's funny you said that, Chris. As we were sitting here, I I literally just got in my promo been the new he is legend <laughs> oh, it's so crazy uh jesse their drummer is one of my yeah. friends uh he and i hang out uh on occasion and he came over several weeks ago and he let me you know listen to the record and it is just the most brutal heavy all-out craziness and uh I'm, I'm so proud of those dudes love them to death can't say enough uh, positive positive things about them Awesome. Well, worth man, as we as we wind it down, man, what's the next? You know, the the, the end of this year, all next year. What are we, what's all the pretty things you know looking to do? Uh, well, we've already got all the drums, and yeah, all the, the drums are done for the record. So I am in the midst of tracking my guitars, which is always a tedious and somewhat stressful process for me. I, I tend to go to a dark place sometimes with that because I get so obsessive with it. <laughs> um, that being said, uh, wrap up the record. Uh, and then, you know, we, we're already talking to a, a few labels here and there. Uh, we're we're going to see what develops, but we intend to, to have some tours uh, in mid to late 2023 based upon how the songs perform and, you know, just what we have offered on the table. But we do intend to, to take this this out to the public and, and, you know, see all the smiling faces at the show. So Right. Let me ask you one quick one that has nothing to do with your band, but it's a hot topic right now. And I'm always, I think you're going to have an interesting perspective because of the fact that you are both an engineer as well as a live touring musician. Yeah. Everybody's talking about tracks these days. Should you use them? Should you not use them? Is there, is there a line, I guess, is the question. I know I know the old school people say, yeah, there's a line. If you if you dare play a minute of tape, you're you're violating the, the sanctity. And then and then there's the other side, the nine inch nails up side that is like, if you're not doing it, you're just failing your audience. Right. You obviously play both sides of that fence as a production guy and as a live performer. Right. So for you, where where do you see that line between giving the audience a great show versus giving the audience a fully live show? Man, that is a, that's a really tough question. And, you know, it is very much uh, genre specific. I think um, I'm sure you guys have read about the bands that couldn't play because the laptop died. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that being said, whenever I personally go to see a show, I'm going for the experience. I want, I want it to be entertained, you know, like, just imagine going to see a, a a Marvel movie without all of the special effects, you know, that, that are there. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah. something along those lines. But ultimately, I don't mind if a band uses tracks as long as it's done tastefully and it's not to the point where you're basically just a puppet on a string. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I really think that 
tra tracks can enhance uh, a performance and uh, add to that experience, uh, which is, you know, it's all about watching, you know, a band that I admire perform a song or a record that I love and it being delivered to give me that same feeling and that same experience. And if that means using tracks, then I'm cool with it. Uh, but I still ultimately think that, you know, we as a band, we do pride ourselves on our musicianship and our performance. Uh, we don't uh, have, you know, any desire to just have, you know, half of our show be, be pre-recorded. Uh, we, right. we want to we want to be able to to be as organic as possible, and we want to be able to deliver that experience with respect to you know the tracks in the song if they're there, or you know the organic side of the performance as well. My take was as long as I'm playing bass and I'm playing live, I don't care what's going on around me. <laughs> you know, like okay. you know, now if now if I'm playing to a bass track, then that's my issue. But as long as I'm playing live. What going? What's going on around me was was whatever happens. Sure. Yeah. I, I once again, I don't mind it. I think that if it is adding to the experience, then it's totally acceptable. But once your show crosses that line of we can't play because the tracks right. aren't working, at that point, John, I, I think you probably should reevaluate. Uh, you know where you're <laughs> at, what you're trying to deliver, uh, because it is about the experience. Uh, you know and. I think ultimately I just want to deliver that to the audience so that, you know, they come back next time. Right. Well, man, what's the best place for people to keep up with the band and uh, follow everything on the old internet? You know, you know, the, the usual socials, we've got our Instagram uh, page, which is all the pretty things, uh, Spotify, uh, Facebook, uh, iTunes, you know, all of your, your major streaming services, your major, uh, uh, you know, social media outlets. Um, we still have a website in the works, but it's not as of yet live. Uh, we're still working on that right now. But, uh, you know, more to come. And, you know, we, we do plan on doing more things like this to keep everyone informed as uh, things start to grow and continue to grow. Uh, and I'm sure we'll be doing more more media, uh, you know, as, as things move forward. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you taking some time with us. And uh, once again, guys, uh, Worth Weaver from All the Pretty Things. Make sure to check them out. I thoroughly encourage it. Yes, Thank sir. Thank you, guys. You guys have a great night. Thanks for having me. All right, man. All take, right, care. take care. Take care. <laughs> and that was Worth Weaver. Yeah. That was easy. <laughs> yeah. I like that. What a name, man. Royal Worth Weaver. Yeah. Royal Worth. <laughs> Why don't I get, I'm Josh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure his, his grandmother was Nettie, like net worth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh man. Look at you. Ne Nettie Worth Weaver. Yep. <laughs> as long as you didn't say, yeah, my, my cousin Randy, that's fine. You know, Randy <laughs> Weaver. Well, that I was say, or, or, or my, my favorite Titan man, Rashad Weaver. There you it's go. Sports talk. Maybe that was his. Maybe that was his. Right, Mike? <laughs> Too funny. Well, man, let's wrap it up with some uh, what, what we've been watching and uh, listening to, man. What do you What have you been watching, listening to? Anything good? Uh, watching, I don't know if I said this last week or not, but I finished it this week. So I'll, if I said it last week, I'm going to say it again this week. There's a show on Freevee. And I know that's going way, way deep into the the bowels of freedom of free stuff that most people won't go to anymore. But there's this killer show on Freebie called Sprung. Okay. It's um here's the premise. The premise is it's these three criminals that are in prison 
and they get let out of prison because of the pandemic. So they get let out of prison. One of them's been in prison for 27 years. One's been in prison for like five years or something. And then I don't know how long the girl's been in prison, but they come out and the world's all different because especially the guy that's been in for 27 years, because not only has he never even seen a cell phone, but he's, you know, he doesn't know how to live. He doesn't, you know, there was no internet when he, when he went into prison, everything's different. And also the pandemic. So he can't even go to the store and get toilet paper. And, you know, it's comedy. It's not a serious <laughs> show at all. It's all right. very, very funny. Very kind of dirty humor. I like, I, you know, I like that. It's dirty. Right. They swear a lot. And um, it's just silly fun. So if you want something, and that's one everybody can get. You don't have to have a, a specific service to watch it. It's on Freebie, which is Amazon's free service. Um, check that out. It's called sprung and it is fantastic. And then as far as music, um, I interviewed one of the big four today, the big four of German thrash metal, of course. <laughs> um, I interviewed Sodom about their new box set. Um, 40, was it 40 years of Sodom, the greatest hell in Sodom or, or 40 years at war. The greatest hell of Sodom is the box set. It is fucking astoundingly good and, and I'll, I'll explain why real quick and this is probably just gonna work for old school metal heads you know the slipknot crowd ain't gonna love this album but you old heads like me will love this on you know how dude when everybody does like re-recordings of whatever they right. always just do their their big hits these guys went, they picked one song from every record in Sodom's history, dating all the way back to 1982. Okay. And they went out of their way not to do the hits. They went into all the deep tracks, like the deepest track on every album. So it is only for really hardcore Sodom fans, which I am definitely one of those. I love that band. And just to hearing them do, you know, re-recorded Job of the Hut as an example with like, <laughs> with like the the modern production, I was like, holy shit, is this heavy? Fantastic stuff. Um, I'm I'm actually a rare moment. I'm going to buy a physical product, but I'm going to buy this thing wow. because it comes with a uh, it comes with a hardcover book, and each two pages, as you look at the book, are like alternate artwork that was supposed to be used or was submitted for use of the album. And then a bunch of fan letters that they've, that they've accumulated over 40 years about each album and just notes and stuff from, from the history of the band. So I'm really, really big on this and I, I could not have been more happy. I interviewed Tom Angel Ripper from the band today and Dude, that was that was like you interviewing Newstead for me. I was so excited <laughs> to fucking interview him because yeah. I'm such a big fan. So the new Sodom box set is fantastic. So that and Sprung, that's been my week. Nice. I will uh I will I will actually defer to my wife and she posted uh it has her stamp of approval on it. Okay. Well, we've been watching this Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix. Okay. Uh, uh, was it Benicio del Toro or some one of those dudes? Um, and it, and it seems to be it's episodic and everything's you know e each episode is to itself, but it's really well done and everything I've seen from it looks amazing. So I need to actually sit down and watch it. But I'm I'm either editing or interviewing or talking to you. 
<laughs> he, I, I, I feel like I haven't had much time for myself to actually just watch anything. So sure. Um, the cabinets of curiosities looks amazing. And the one episode I watched of it was awesome. It was, uh, about a guy stealing teeth. So, <laughs> which, which, <laughs> nice. is, which is always good. Um, the, the only music, honestly, I've been listening to a ton of Snapcase. Um, they actually have a book, like a 144 page book coming out called optic. And it's just, all old flyers and the history of the band. And I, I guess in the interview, he talked about it, but the guy that put the book together went to Buffalo and sat down like, and went to like each member's house and like took all the good stuff and right. like scanned it in. And, and, and I, he said it took like four or five days at a hotel, just scanning stuff. Wow. So I definitely want to check out this, uh, this book once it's out. Very. I cool. think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be pretty awesome to see. And then the 25th anniversary of the, uh, uh, progression through and learning is coming out too. So that's going to be, I, I can't believe that. I mean, that's, I, I know we always say like, I can't believe this is that old and this is that old, but mm-hmm. like progression through and learning came out, I guess when I was 18. Right. And so it's 40, you know, I'm 43 now, 25 years. That's crazy. That's that, uh, how long it's been since that album came out. Now I have not heard your interview yet. Are they going to tour? Uh, they're just doing, uh, I don't, Snapcase hasn't really toured a lot lately. They, they're not, I don't think they're doing like a full on tour. Okay. They're doing, they did, they did, they have like a sold out hometown show already. Okay. Uh, all that stuff going on. But as, as for a uh, full on tour, I don't think so. They've been kind of doing sporadic, like uh, they did some shows with like Strife and Earth Crisis and, nice. you know, which would be amazing to see too. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, I definitely, I would love to see them tour, but they're kind of like Life of Agony, man. They, they just like, they'll go and do like five shows in Europe and then come home and then they'll do like right. a Northeast run of shows. And you know, they're not, they're not coming to the Midwest anytime soon. And no, no Louisville show. <laughs> you got to go to Louisville, Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think that that's pretty much everything going on. Did you, um, what interviews did you put out this week? I saw a couple, uh, Serena Telly. I put out, um, uh, she's the ex singer of burning witches and who else did I put out there? 96 bitter beings. Um, former CKY, um, singer Duran Miller. Nice. Um, and he's also now in malevolent creation, which I don't know how that works. That happened after I interviewed him. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. You know, but, uh, that's so such crazy. a, such a strange, you know, I, I, I was a big CKY fan. I loved yeah. that band. And, when I saw he was in malevolent creation, I was like, huh? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. I, I was like, how can that be? He doesn't seem the part, but he's, he's doing that now. And um, so that's coming out this week. And then next week is, um, and for, for those of on the paying side, if you are, if you are a CMS VIP, um, by the time you get this one, my uh, David Ellison interview will be oh, nice. on the VIP this week. And then it'll come out like two or three weeks later in the freebie. But, and then next week, um, my favorite of my favorites in the, in the world of death metal, uh, the mighty Maurizio Iacono from, um, cataclysm. Uh, nice. he's back with, um, Invictus and then leather wolf, uh, the, the Friday after that. So nice. Lots of good stuff coming. Nice. I have been in contact with more, uh, Morgan Lander about recording, uh, recording for next week. So Ooh. hopefully, hopefully get that out to uh, talk about when we were young fest and all that good stuff. That would be great. It will be great. <laughs> Always a good time. Well, man, let's wrap this up, man. Let's give a huge thank you to uh, Worth Weaver for taking some time, man. Yeah, he was he was interesting, man. Probably could have talked to him for a lot longer if we wanted to. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, he was definitely a cool dude. Make sure to check out all the pretty things 
uh, I, d- I dug the one tune that's out now and uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to kind of see how they, how they progress, man. Cause I mean, they kind of do seem like one of those studio bands that, you mm-hmm. know, everybody kind of sends their tracks in and he rearranges them and, and makes them good and all that good stuff. Yeah. So, so we'll see how it works to, out. Tell me it's not hard to do an interview with one song. <laughs> right. That's difficult. Cause there's not much to really say, well, what are you doing? You know, we, we, we really <laughs> don't know. Honestly, even after hearing one song, you really don't know what they're doing. Right. You know, we know what one song sounds like, but the next one might be a blues funk song for all we know. We don't know. <laughs> got to bring back funk metal. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right, man. Well, that will do it for another episode of Talk To Me. Make sure you're following us on the uh, socials there at Talk To Me Talk on Twitter, at Talk To Me Talk on Facebook. Uh, you can always follow my personal page. It's probably actually probably the best place to follow me on Facebook is my personal page because I do tend to post a bunch of stupid stuff over there. Uh, if you want a guitar pick, reach out. I've had a couple of people reach out from the podcast to get some guitar cool. picks sent out to them. And uh, yeah, so for the Talk To Me podcast here at NotFest.com, I am Joshua Toomey. I am Chris Egan. And we will talk to you soon. See ya. The Talk To Me podcast presented by NotFest.com. Follow the show at Talk To Me Talk. Be sure to subscribe, rate the podcast, and leave a review on your favorite podcast app to get the latest from the Talk To Me podcast. Talk To Me Talk.